Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Gold. Who are the best prospects in U.S. women's soccer? Who could be the NWSL's next breakout star? Who are the best young players in the world, and how do they become who they are? Goal's next-gen list has been released, and there's plenty to discuss as we break down the best young players in the game, where they're going, and how they became the players to be recognized among this elite group. I'm here with Amy Ruskai. I'm Ryan Tolmich, and this is All of Us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show. We'll start off by, by, by getting the... Uh, some housekeeping out of the way. If, if, if you've listened to the show before, you'll realize that this is a different voice than the one you've heard. Amy is still here. Seth is not. I'm Ryan, an assistant editor here at Goal, and I will uh, be taking the place of Seth for the rest of the season. But not much is going to change, and uh, there's, there's a lot to be discussed here, especially with the next-gen list as we break down some of, uh, some of the biggest things going on in soccer. So, so Amy, we got a lot here to do today. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to get stuck into on, on your side of the pond as well, which is which is good. Definitely. We're going to be discussing the next-gen list, which which came out on Tuesday of this week. If you're listening to this, it'll be it'll be after the list has come out. So if you haven't gone to the list, I'm going to give you, give you a second or two. Pause. Go give it a look and then come back just so we don't spoil anything. Just to start off, before we dive too deep into the list, I'm sure there are some people here who might not know about NextGen too much. I'm sure they've been following the series, but the list overall is is our big annual thing. So if you could just explain the list, you know, what went into it, how how everybody was picked, and, and how we kind of break down who these top young players are. Yeah, so as you say, NextGen is something we kind of run constantly at Goal. Um, so we'll have like NextGen profiles going out every week on the men's and women's side. And then once a year, we we do this list and we, we have 50 men um, and we have 20 women for the first time this year because if anybody's like, well, why have we not got 50 women? Um, the visibility, the access, it's so hard to, to kind of nail that down when so much of this game is still underground almost. Um, but yeah, so... I have a, a base of like, you know, I'm I'm kind of in charge of keeping tabs on, on a lot of stuff as the year goes round. But we have a really helpful network at Goal wherein 
every corner of the globe and um every year when the list comes together there will be people messaging me from argentina and japan and africa and being like right here are some of the best young players um from our end of the world and we kind of all come together and we put this list together and um it's cool because i think on the women's side there's not too much stress on the ranking it's not like well why is this player eighth and this player 11th i would put the 11th player above them i think it's just kind of like here are 20 players that you should really know about and who are going to be really good and there will be some names on there that are really good as well um but it's cool that we we've expanded to 20 this year and um, can kind of shine a light on some of these players that um should go on to have some really good exciting careers okay obviously now look everybody who's here has seen the list we know what we're doing amy well where, where are we starting how do we how are we going to break down this thing yeah, I mean, let's start at the top because um, the winner this year is is from a country where I don't think we get too many star-studded footballers from, which is Haiti. Um, and the winner is Melchie de Mornay on the women's side this year, uh, which some US fans will reckon, recognise her name and recognise her from CONCACAF games. Um, she's played for here. She's, uh, what, under-17s, under-20s. She was playing at the seniors at such a young age. And yeah, I mean... NWSL clubs wanted her last summer as well before she signed her first pro contract in France. Um, so it's a it's a player that some US fans will know, and if they don't, they should um, they should get to know her because I mean it's just really cool to see such an amazing talent coming through in a, a country where maybe that doesn't happen too much. And um, yeah, I mean when we were putting the list together, she's been sort of rattling away in the last couple of years. Like she was come through for Haiti and was playing at the senior level. She helped them qualify for the first U20 World Cup. Um, and everyone was like, oh, where's she going to go when she gets turns 18? She had a trial with Leon. They liked her. They couldn't sign her because she needed to be 18. Um, and yeah, she's landed in France and she's absolutely killing it out there. So um, definitely one that whose name will keep cropping up in, in CONCACAF circles and, and world circles now going forward. She... Uh, yeah, she's somewhat special. If you haven't seen her, you should you should go and find out about her. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I noticed immediately, like just watching highlights and, and, and seeing her play. And it seems like she just kind of has that, like immediately you kind of just see it, you know, in that like it seems like she glides over the ball and the way she just moves and, and, and the way she, the, the technique, like it just looks like like one of those players that like upon first viewing, you're like, all right, they have it. Like whatever it is. Yeah, I mean... I spoke to her just before she moved to France. Um, it was a few weeks before she ended up out there. And um, like I said earlier, everybody had kind of been hyping around where she's going to go, where's her first pro deal going to be. Um, and she actually said to me in August, she was like, oh, people here in Haiti are like, oh, so where are you going then? Is it PSG or is it Lyon? Because they were just like expecting her to be at the top. Like that's just what they think of her out there. Um, and she, she landed at Rons and... It was her her debut came off the bench and it was one one in the game, um and she came off the bench and she she basically created the two goals that meant her team won three one, and then the week after she started her first game and she scored two goals and got an assist. Like this is a player who's she's eighteen years old. She's abroad for like the first time. Like she's way way away from home. Like she's not even like round the corner from where she lives. She's got a new culture and like a new kind of climate and everything to assimilate to. And she was just like, she just hit the ground running. Like it was insane. And since then, like every week in France, she's just, she's so ready for that level. And like, I was talking to, for the big profile piece that I did in her, I speak to one of her, um, 
um, her, I speak to her coach and then one of my colleagues in France spoke to one of her teammates and um, her coach was just, I said to her, I said, why is she, why is she kind of hit the ground running like she has? And she just said, because she's just so much better than everybody. She said that she's at like 30% of her level now, like, and that she'll be the best player in the world. Like, um, she's she's great. And yeah, I, I hate to be the person to plug their own piece, but if you're interested, like definitely go and read it because it's really interesting to hear what the people closest to her think. And um, yeah, she's just going to continue to get even better. Yeah, good call from Amy there. This is a this is a plug, full-on plug right here to, to go check out a lot of the pieces on all these players that we've talked about. You know, there are... Tons of next-gen pieces on, on all these players, all these young players. It is a great way, and, and Amy does a great job in breaking down who these who these top young players are, where they're coming, and, you know, just the Doomer Nay one in general, like a, a very good breakdown of just how she views the game. You know, one of the things that stood out to me was her saying how she models her game after Tony Cruz and, like, her mentality and, and how that's how she approaches the game. So it's, it's a great way to kind of get to know these players. But, look, we are an American women's soccer show, and obviously, and, and obviously there is American representation on the list. So Amy, break break it down for us. What is the uh, who are the next Americans coming through, and uh, how do they kind of fit into this picture of next gen as we uh, open it up to this this whole worldwide youth development that's going on right now? Yeah, so we got American representation at number four in uh, Lexi Massimo, who um, she plays at the Uni of Texas. She's um, regular in the in the U twenties. She was part of the U twenties team that um, just did really well in Dominican Republic to to get to the World Cup and stuff. Um, She's just had her first year in in Texas at, in college, and she played all twenty two games, started all twenty two games, scored nine goals, and and provided fourteen assists. Like she's a creative midfielder. Um, she's the one in the list, but I mean, there's a lot of other American talent. Like I mean, talks about that U twenties team. There's a lot in there. Um, she's got like her best friend is at Texas with her, Trinity Byers, who's like had similar interests that Massimo has in terms of big clubs. I mean. Um, there's an interview with um, the parents of both players in the Dallas Times from a few years ago when um, Massimo had kind of interest from Manchester City and Arsenal and Bayers had a, a contract offer from Atletico Madrid. Like, um, It's really interesting because you know these are, two, these are two players before they even went to college and there's all this interest out there. And obviously the, the American system is you know to kind of go to college and come through there and then they have these other possible opportunities. Um, so it'd be interesting to see as as players like this kind of go through college. We've seen a lot recently forego part of college, um, but yeah, there there are there's many paths there for for these players to get to the top. And yeah, Massimo's Massimo's one of the the best young players coming through in America. But there's like I said, there's a lot of others. Um, I'm sure a lot of them have already kind of come to the fore in, in recent years. Yeah, that and that you know you made a point there, and that's something that we should discuss. And that just kind of the impact of the college game on how we do things in America and that we do things, you know, here that are different than everybody else. You know, that's pretty obvious. And it's something that, that impacts the, the every level of, of soccer and the men's game and the women's game and to some degree. And that, you know, of the fact of the matter is that uh, American players usually turn professional later. They, they have a different sort of youth development path, whether that goes from, you know, club in high school to college to, to the pros and, and, and things are kind of changing in that aspect. You know, obviously the soccer that, that, that the options are, are starting to kind of widen a little bit. And you see that when you look at some of these American players. So just Amy, when you look at the options, you know, we've seen players kind of take that leap in a different way in recent years and that some have 
gone to the NWSL early, which is obviously a, a, a big decision. Some have decided to go to Europe. You know, what are some of the options that American players are playing and, and how are things kind of, you know, like evolving? And, you know, how does it work financially? How does it work development wise? You know, what are some of these steps that these players could be taking in a few years that that we see on this next gen list? See, it's interesting because um, recently we've obviously had the, the new CBA in the NWSL and kind of the salaries are changing. Yeah, that's um, a big one. And we've had, we actually had the first episode of this season. We had Megan Burke on, um, and she was, she's the executive director of the NWSL Players Association. She helped get that kind of deal in, and she talked to us about a lot of it. And one of the things is that the, the pay has changed, which was one big thing that people always talked about was like, you know, if you're coming through in college and you get offered a contract by, you know, you're the number one pitch in the NWSL draft and you get a contract with whoever. But you've also got an offer from, like, say, take Katarina Macario from the other year. She ended up going to Leon, um, which is a club that just takes its women's side so seriously. It puts a lot of commitment and money into it. And money is part of the commitment. And that just that just raises the game for everyone. You know, if, if yeah. Leon's going to come in and start buying up prospects and, and, and showing people that, that there's investment, that changes the game for everyone. That makes the NWSL step up. That makes, you know, you look at what's happening in Spain. Those teams have to step up. That's a That's a huge thing. And, like... That's that's one part of it in that, you know, you you have to have options just because, look, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to a choice between uh, do I go professional or for these college players, do I get a degree and try and look after my future? Because we all know that this is none of this is certain. So, yeah, like teams like Leon coming in and, and making that that's kind of the ones that are starting to really change the game and, and give these players the kind of options. Right. Yeah. And we've seen it in Mexico as well recently. And I mean, we can plug another show quite quickly off the back of that. We had Mia Fisher on, um, and she forgot she, she she kind of missed her, her last year at college to um to go and play in Mexico, and she actually talked about the pay on the show. She was like, you know, like what you could make in the MWSL. She she kind of made her decision before the the CBA came in. Um, you know, she was talking about the pay, and like it is good that there are players coming through that you know maybe they're like 18 19 20 and they are thinking well you know i have these really great options abroad that are not worse than the nwsl in terms of like experience and and the level and you know the pay can be better so i mean it's natural that you i mean if you can get a good job elsewhere for more money it's natural right so um but we have seen now the nwsl is is paying more so i think um we started to see this trend of people foregoing college and maybe going to Europe, but now maybe, you know, with the, the kind of level, a lot changing in the NWSL, especially off the back of the scandals last year and all these new rules and regulations coming in, you know, I think that's really good for the NWSL trying to retain its talent that it's it's lost some of. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a trend, uh, just the, the whole starting younger thing and in, in foregoing college, that's kind of taken on all of American soccer, right? And that, you know, you look at the men's game too, and that has also started to evolve a bit with with MLS putting focus on homegrown players and and everything like that. But realistically, when you look at the way things are in recent years, it, it would take a, a transcendent player to really step out of college and, and make the leap either to the NWSL early or to go overseas early, just because, you know, that's that's kind of what it would take for that to happen. And, and I know I've talked to you about it, but just that's also kind of what keeps some of these American players a little bit hidden in a way, and that a lot of them aren't playing full-time schedules none of them a lot of them aren't playing professionally so they they stay a little bit hidden you only see them at the at the youth level so how does that kind of impact you know how american prospects kind of fit into the, the worldwide game you know how does it kind of uh 
change the perceptions of them when you have these players who are just popping up at, at you know, 22, 23 professionally and are all of a sudden at a different level than you might have known. Yeah, well, I mean, we do every year with the next-gen list, right? So the next-gen list, the criteria for it, so this year, for example, is you have to be born on January the 1st, 2003 or after. So you're, what, like 18? You know, you're 19 if you have an early birthday in the year. So when an American player is on the next-gen list, it's like for nat- for kind of like a casual fan, I guess, in Europe, for example, they can be like, oh, I don't know who this American player is because it's unlikely that you're going to have really seen much of them because they are in college. You know, you might have caught them at a youth tournament or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think it isn't... I mean, we had this whole discussion in um, when Trinity Rodman got drafted into the NWSL um, and she hadn't even kicked a ball in college. And you're kind of looking at her and you're like, well, how is she going to do in the NWSL? Because, like, look, when players come up from college, some of them take a little bit of time anyway because generally, like, adapting from playing in college to playing pro is, is different. Yeah, it's a whole different level. You know, you're, you're moving from playing with, with basically a youth team to playing with a professional team with national teamers all over the field. Like, that's a whole different level. And like you said, with, with Trinity Rodman, she hadn't played in, what, like a year at that point? Like, so there was there was really a lot of, a lot of questions. So, yeah, that's... That is a very good example of the point we're making here about how she kind of just you had no clue what you were getting with her and, and where she kind of fit in in the in the American soccer picture, let alone the worldwide soccer picture, you know? Yeah, and it was like I mean, she literally went from high school to pro pro soccer, which I mean is rare in any case. I mean, what I think like Kobe Bryant did that or something. Yeah, it is. Uh, they uh, it it used to be more of a thing here in terms of basketball, but it is no longer in that they they do make players in basketball go to college, but yeah, that that jump from high school straight to the pros, that's a huge one. Just developmentally mature, like maturity wise, like there's just so much that you have to kind of adapt to. And and the fact that she was so quick to adapt to it kind of just shows how good she was. Right. Yeah. And like, I think as well, and you know, I'll come to my point of why I brought Trinity Robin up soon. Cause she's actually too old for this list, which is ridiculous. Um, but she, yeah. So like she, um, you know, especially with all the extra pressure on her because everybody wants to know about Dennis Rodman's daughter and all this kind of thing. What she did was, like, insane. It shows you kind of how talented there are. There are so many talented players in, in the American system that you just kind of don't know about because, you know, why, why are you going to know too much about somebody who has only played high school? And, yes, she played youth national team, but, again, you can't kind of look at somebody and from, like, her playing youth national team and go, right, that's going to be the best player in the NWSL this year. Like, it's insane. But I think it's going to be interesting the next few years to see if she starts a trend because she didn't play college. And, like, Jordan Heitemer in um, Canada, she she's one of the rare examples I can think of who did similar, who kind of went to... She went to PSG when she was 18. And, like, it's very rare. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if, like, we have this trend of people foregoing college, if we will see people, like, forego college completely like more because you've seen that if you're good enough you're old enough and like it's just it's it's insane because like i said the the system can kind of, if if Trinity robin was like playing in england you know she could have been playing from like 16 in like the wsl or something or like she's playing anywhere in europe she could have been playing at such a younger age in a first team and people were like wow have you heard about her but like nobody knew how she was going to kind of adjust like we knew she was talented but she just exploded and it's it's pretty interesting example of like the way that these talents are kind of hidden because of the system 
Yeah, and you mentioned the decision, and obviously that's one decision is figuring out, you know, the college versus pro situation. The other decision is once you eventually do make that call, you have to decide where to go. And and that's obviously a decision that, you know, you just said Dumernay had to make, and that's a decision that, that Mistimo is going to have to make, and that you look at is the NWSL the move? Is it to go overseas? You know, that's kind of the move. And you look at two of the the players that are kind of, you know, emerging as the, the next stars of American soccer and, and Rodman and Katarina Macario, and they both kind of make different ones. And Rodman went to NWSL route. Macario went over to France. And obviously the game's changing. But what 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 kind of changes in, the, in the, how that decision comes together? Obviously, you look and there's so many more clubs taking this seriously and investing in the women's game and, and making themselves an, an attractive destination. What what How do you see that kind of developing, not just now, or, but in the next five years? Do you see that decision becoming more prevalent? Do you think more American players might want to go to different places? How do you kind of see that shaping up? Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think it, you know, you get offered different things. I mean, it was interesting when we had Mia Fisher on. She was, I mean, she's really like the first American, I think, to play in the Mexican league now because they only just changed the rules to to allow foreign players. So like nobody had done that, and she was kind of like, I kind of wanted to like break new ground, like, and that's quite cool. Like, I think that is quite an attractive thing to be like, here's this great club you're going to play in front of all these fans you know here's a pretty decent sort of pay packet you know which wasn't always been offered by the NWSL in the past um why would you not kind of try it out because I guess it depends on the player as well some players would be like really comfortable that would like really want to stay in the US for the first few years and and kind of like especially if you're quite home bird and family orientated you kind of like want to stay around your family and stuff and some people might be like do you know what like yeah I just want to go to the other side of the world and do it. Um, and I think it's in- it'll be interesting to see. I think we're always going to see both happen. I don't think it's going to get to a point like where all the American players just go, nope, I don't care about the NWSL. I think the changes, like I mentioned earlier, with the CBA and stuff, there's a lot improving in the NWSL for players as well. Um, and so I think we're constantly going to see these two things. But we are starting to see as well, like... In the US, sometimes you get players a little bit later in their career when they're already established a bit that want to go and try something abroad. I mean, how many US players have played at Leon and PSG? You know, Rapino, Heath, Morgan, Haran's back over there now when she kind of started the trend of going abroad almost. Like, that's that's always going to happen. Um, I think the opportunities are always going to be there and it will come down to the player themselves of of what they want to take and different people make different decisions. Sometimes they'll come back. I've been gone away and not liked it. So there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there for, for not just US women's soccer players, but women's soccer players. Now there are so many kind of opportunities coming up in different countries and different locations. Um, it's a really good time, I think, to be, to be that young up and coming prospect for sure. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Get the latest news and views on the U.S. Women's National Team and the NWSL on Goal. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street 
every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Find more U.S. Women's Soccer news and opinion on Goal. You look at our list and you look at the top 10 and you see some of the traditional quote-unquote power countries. You know, you see uh, Brazil, you see Spain, you see France, uh, the U.S., but then you Australia. Then you also see Haiti and you see Malta and you see these countries that, that are maybe developing and, and, and countries that aren't necessarily at the top of the game who are producing players that legitimately are competing at the top of the game. So obviously the, the talent development is, is changing worldwide. It's not just these top countries. How do you see that kind of changing? And like you look at, you know, like in the past, you know, however many years, it's been there are a handful of countries that take this seriously. And those are the ones kind of competing at the top. And those are the ones who are producing players. But that's starting to kind of kind of change, especially when you look at this next gen list. Right. Yeah. And I think it's even in countries where like maybe the game hasn't developed that much, but there is a standout player there that's just so naturally talented. Like somebody's going to spot them. And now the opportunities are there are so many more opportunities then they're going to find their way to break through. Like, um, you know, they, they don't just have to go to one particular place and not adapt well to that certain culture and, and that team or whatever. Like, I think because the opportunities are growing in general, like just kind of everywhere, like that means that even if you, you're from somewhere where maybe the game isn't developed as much, you are hopefully going to get seen. You're going to get a chance to go somewhere. Um and yeah, it's. I always love it when you get somebody kind of coming through in a country that you just don't expect because like you kind of put their country on the map and you always find like when I spoke to Demone, like she's so proud of where she comes from and like she was talking, I mean, this was just before she turned 18, I think, like a few days or something. She was like, if I have a successful career and I get like financially rewarded for it, like I want to open a centre at home to let people have the opportunity that people in here she just don't get like it's so cool to talk to people and like see how passionate they are about not like where they come from and how they want to try and improve things because they are that that kind of star that's emerging um so yeah i mean that just that just kind of story makes you want them to be um even more successful so i i would love it if she she gets to open the center there one day that'd be cool that all hits very close to home in Concacaf, and that you look at this region here and you know we have the u.s that has always been you know, at the top, you have Canada in there and, you know, you mentioned Duvernay and Haiti, but obviously, you know, you alluded to it a little bit earlier and that Mexico is is starting to kind of grow the game a bit and things are changing in Mexico. And you look at the list and there is Mexican representation on the list. You know, how how do you see the have you seen the Mexican game improve and, and how do you see that kind of coming where you have a place where Liga Mekis could could maybe compete with how we do in the NWSL? And, and what are some of the things that are changing there that are allowing them to compete? I think one of the cool things is, I mean, there's another big league coming through in CONCACAF, which is great. Because, I mean, if you're kind of a, a talent from a CONCACAF region, you're a player somewhere in CONCACAF that, you know, and the NWSL is is there, but you don't really have anything else. And now this, and League MX really taking off on the women's side. Um, and we actually had the full of the plugs today we had the head of the league on the show last season she was talking about how they want to be the best league in the world and she we were talking about kind of like they've got so many brands to tap into there you think of like tigress and and the kind of huge clubs 
that are kind of worldwide brands, not just brands in Mexico or brands in North America, but like the whole world. Um, they've got this that, that, you know, clubs are buying into it. They've got huge stadiums that they're filling with a lot of people to watch the women's game. Um, and they've just, they've got so many good plans. Like they're introducing like youth leagues and, and things that can kind of be the backbone of a really successful long-term league. Um, they were talking about the, they're, they're talking to the big leagues in the world and kind of tapping into the expertise of some of the other leagues that are out there that are really good. And they're just building something really cool in Mexico. And we saw that with me official going out there. Um, yeah, the Mexican represent, representation in the list this year is Iana Gutierrez, who um, is playing at Tigres and, you know, he's, he's just breaking breaking through and, and having a really great start to her young career. And we saw recently, actually, in the in the um, CONCACAF U20 Championship that Mexico beat Canada in the semifinals. Um, they lost 2-0 to the US in the final in the end, but they'll be going to the U20 World Cup. And they had a, a really great tournament that was kind of like, look how talented this team is. I mean, Canada just won the Olympic gold medal. I know that's the senior team, but Canada is like become a powerhouse in women's soccer and their U20 team is good because a lot of these players get exposure to the national team, the senior national team at Canada at a young age. Like they have a really good sort of development system in Canada and Mexico just came in and, and beat them in the semi-final, and it was like, that's kind of partially a statement of how good the future is for Mexican women's soccer. Yeah, it's huge. It's Look, just the soccer growing in North America in general is good. And, and like we said, that gives options. And also, the look, one of the, the one of the aspects of that, and this this is a whole podcast worthy topic here, is that, you know, you just look at just the representation that that league in particular could give to Hispanic American players and, and ways that and that is something that in this country has has always kind of been uh, a talking point and in some ways a problem on both the men and women's side, just representation for Hispanic American players, and especially on the women's side, that's definitely kind of emerged as a, a talking point and a problem. And just looking at giving those players a place to succeed and a place to move and, and a place to really, you know, uh, to develop their game. But also speak on that point. Look, it is it is changing, and you look at you know some of the rise of of both Mexican players and obviously in in South America, and you look at you know the NWSL and and they're bringing in players from from outside the league. You know, you look at Number 20 on our list, Paulina Grimaldi is coming in from Argentina and coming to NWSL. What does that sort of move kind of say about where the league's kind of going and, and what are some of the things that, that they want to do? I mean, I hope it means that they're kind of tapping into some of the South American talent that's that's kind of nearby. Because, like, um, there are some really talented players and, and teams in, in South America. Um, it can be a little difficult to watch sometimes from abroad. Um, but... I always make a point of watching uh, the Copa Libertadores, the the women's tournament, um, because I think it's live streamed on Facebook every year. And when you watch it, like it's just such a great tournament, and you know you don't really hear about Colombian teams or like Brazilian teams or Argentinian teams. Like you don't hear about them that much, and so it's always interesting to watch because the level in South America is growing really quickly as well. Um, and you know, hopefully, the introduction of 
of Liga MX as well means that, you know, if you're a Spanish-speaking South American player, you could maybe go to Mexico and, and start your career there instead of being like, oh, well, the NWSL is the nearest thing to me. Like, you know, you kind of have less adapting, I guess, maybe to do in Mexico or something. But, like, um, you know, the, the leagues in South America are growing too. And I think the NWSL being kind of the big power it is, you know, you, you could look down in, in South America and you hopefully the scouting options are coming up now where that they can kind of tap into some of these these places that maybe haven't been tapped into that much over the years um i mean what we had we've had recently like on the mls side obviously the there's a lot more kind of south american young talent that goes to mls whereas usually it was it was the retirement vibe of the league you know when i think of mls like five, ten years ago, I'm thinking, oh, I remember Steven Gerrard and Perlo and Lampard and, you know, whichever superstar that was near the end of the career was in MLS. And now you get this thing where you've got, what, how many, like, kind of South American youngsters there? So it'd be interesting to, I guess, know if there's, like, you know, maybe there's a changing view on the US leagues in South America um, just because of what's been happening the last few years. And I'm interested to see what happens with Gramalia and, and see how she gets on and, and whether that does set up you know, an, another trend that's coming. Yeah, it's obviously a, a slightly different situation to that of MLS just because you look at MLS and MLS wants to be – is a, team, a league that wants to be at the top that is working its way there and is looking to bring in players to sell on to the leagues that are on the way there. Where the NWSL, you know, is a league that is established and it is very much competing among the best of the world. So obviously that's it's a slightly different approach. But like you said, there's so much talent in all these different corners of the world. And you see that just by looking at this list a little bit. You know, you see players from from all these different continents, all these different places from countries that that you may not, you know, consider traditional soccer countries. And and they're coming through and you look at the way that the NWSL is shaking up and it seems like the league is is changing. You know, I was thinking. Uh, and obviously this is, this is just one example, you know, reading Natalie Portman talking about Angel City and her saying that her desire isn't, it, it's to shift soccer culture and to, to amplify athletes that wouldn't get the chance to, to, to have that, to, that opportunity. And obviously like you look at the players, you know, the Megan Rapinos, the Alex Morgans, obviously Macario and Trinity Rodman are two players who are kind of on their way there to, to reaching that status. But like, look, there's a lot of young talent in the world that are kind of just looking for this opportunity, right? And you look at this list, and I think that's a pretty good example of that, yeah? Yeah, and I think as well, like, the NWSL is going to continue to, hopefully, continue to expand. And like, as new clubs kind of pop up in new cities and different cities, like, every city in the world has, like, a, a little mini community from, from another country in there. And, you know, I think the more you kind of grow in some of these cities, like, the more that it's going to be something that appeals to you know somebody from a different country right so like if if they can see like oh yeah like you know there's a real community for me here and i can settle well rather than it being this massive leap to like this unknown land and i think um it's just going to be really interesting to see how south american women's football kind of develops because it has so much potential and like not even potential in all the players have to move abroad like you know, they have to go to Liga MX, they have to go to the NWSL, they have to go to Europe. Like, there's a lot of potential in the kind of in the leagues and the countries itself there. And I think, you know, we looking back to when Brazil had like one of the most talented women's teams in the world, uh, when Marta was coming through and their players like Formiga and stuff still like quite young, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And like Brazil, when you speak to some of the players from that team, they're like the 
the Federation didn't kind of back them, like didn't give them the money that they needed to succeed. And, you know, hopefully sort of moving forward, we could see more countries, like if they got the money to back their women's teams, their women's players and the setups, like they can do so more and hopefully put South American talent like in front of people a little bit more. Because I think sometimes it is this kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's this kind of like, region where people are like oh i don't actually know what's going on there in the women's soccer world because you know it's maybe not front and center like there's a little bit of a wall there yeah that you don't necessarily get to like you said it's it's so hard to watch it and follow so like look there's a little bit of a wall there that's kind of preventing uh people from the outside from really figuring out what's going on but you know like you also said is that the the, the cream of the cop kind of just rises up and you see those players really develop the question is how do you get to that that next layer of players who, who who could still be very good, but maybe don't have the exposure they need to to be on that level yet. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully, like like I said, like the Copa Libertadores is a lot more sort of visible now, and like you know, hopefully, can people can sort you know be at scouting places and agencies and whatever, maybe look at South America a little bit more seriously. The same as like you know, you look at continents like Africa, you know, can and parts of Asia as well, and like there are these places that there'll be so much talent there that just needs to be tapped into. It just needs a little bit more support. And like, what's the old saying always that, you know, you need to water the, the plants so it grows and stuff like that. Like, you know, as people can kind of give support to these areas, then um, yeah, there's a lot of talent there as it is with, you know, men's soccer is the same, but like women's soccer is just a lot, a lot further behind than that. Um, so yeah. And then you look, it's like I said, look, if you haven't gone to check out all of our next gen stuff across goal, please do it now. There's so many different things going on. Obviously the list is, is the key part of it, but there's so many different parts about it to check out, not just this week, but all year long, you know, as, as these profiles come out, but Amy, just kind of finishing up, looking at the next gen list. Obviously this, this is a big question. And this is, this is kind of, you know, like this is kind of projecting the future. How do you kind of, you know, what What do you think a next-gen list will look like in, in five years? You know, do you see more of these players popping up from different countries? Do you see other countries kind of moving into the list? You know, as we look ahead, look, next-gen's all about projecting the future and figuring out what this game's going to look like in a few years when these players are are hopefully among the best in the world. How do you kind of see not just these players developing, but the next generation? How do you kind of see it all coming together as we look ahead to, to next-gen 2025 or next-gen 2027, you know? I hope that, you know, we'll reach a point where, you know, we, we'll have like a 50 women list in terms of like the actual visibility and the access to the game grows to the point where you can be like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like you could easily put 50 talents in there, but you might have seen like 10, them play 10 minutes one day. Like, I hope that we kind of reach a point where the visibility and the access kind of comes to the the point where you can see a lot more of, of the game and who's coming through. And hopefully that will also translate to the scouting teams of clubs and leagues. And you know, they'll see these talents and you will see a lot more kind of players, younger players from countries that maybe you didn't expect or maybe countries that you did expect that, you know, are popping up in, in some of the kind of, not only the best leagues in the world, but are just, you know, having success, even on like a continental basis, if they're, they're still in their own countries and things like that. Like, I think um, hopefully it will reach the point where we just we just have a more sort of visible spot, and you know you can you can see a lot more of of the the exciting future that it has. One final plug for next gen, please go follow on, on on not just on on the site, but we have a whole lot of things coming out across all of our social media and everything like that. Obviously, this is a a big big undertaking, and it is the best place in the world to kind of figure out who these next 
next young players are that are going to be dominating the women's game. Look, Amy, any uh, any last thoughts on the next gen list? No, I think I think it'd be cool. You know, we we plugged quite a few uh, previous shows in this, and you know, it's it's interesting when we were kind of planning for this episode of of the way that you were like, oh, it's actually linked into something that we talked about on a previous show, and there's a lot of really cool stuff coming up, not only in um, the kind of US space and the North American space, but around the world, and you know, hopefully, there's a little bit of an insight in in some of the past shows that we've done. Um, that hints at some of the stuff that's in this next gen list and just that we've generally talked about today. There's there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah, like you said there, look, if, if this next gen list shows us anything, it's that there are a lot of good young players out there from different places and there's a there's a whole lot of stories to be told. There's a there's a lot of people that uh deserve their chance in the spotlight and, and there's a lot of uh look, there's just a lot of players out there that are gonna come in and, and, and hopefully change the game and, and continue to take the game forward. That's us here. Thank you uh, for uh, following along with us. You know, like, subscribe, you know, follow us, follow the next gen list especially. And look guys, this is, this is, uh, there's a lot going on in women's soccer and we're gonna be here to kind of take you through it. Once again, you know, for me, for Amy, this is all of us, the US Women's Soccer Show. Thanks for listening. All of us, the U.S. Women's Soccer Show from Goal. Get the latest news and views on the U.S. Women's National Team and the NWSL on Goal.